0: Welcome to the Rangers Rundown, April 7th slash 8th edition, depending on when you listen to this and when this thing finishes getting recorded. Uh, I'm Max, and I'm joined by Hayden. Hello. And Mike. Hey, guys. Uh, and we're here to give our postmortem on the Texas Rangers season, which tragically came to an end on the 6th of April, uh, where it was announced that Texas would cease playing baseball in recognition of Ronald Guzman. So it was a good run. Uh, Texas finishes the season
1: at five and four, and that's it. You know, better yeah. than five hundred, go to the playoffs. <laughs> and it's probably the last time you are going to see us uh, with more wins than losses. I'm, no, I'm gonna go shut out, up. No. I wouldn't go out and make that prediction.
2: No. In order to win the World Series, you end up with more wins than losses. So I'm going to go ahead and say false on that statement because. It is a, a minor setback for a major come... I don't know, whatever. Uh, winning the first two series against probable playoff teams was cool. Uh, losing three versus- at a four against a really, on both sides of the ball, non-Mike Trot edition is awful. Uh, in really particularly frustrating fashion, uh, that wasn't fun. But, yeah, you know, we got a day off. We'll lick our wounds. We'll go into Arizona. Which why do we always play Arizona just a two game series like, and then we play them another two game series in Arlington in like June? I don't.
1: It seems like it's just a on the way home series. We're on the West Coast.
2: Yeah. On our way home, let's stop by, play a couple, and then keep going. Guess so. It's just odd. I feel like this is like at least the third year in a row, ever since the uh, the Astros moved back to to the or moved to the American League to where there's interleague every day it, like we don't play the rockies t- for two games do we or i don't know it just it's weird it's kind of like the it's it's a rite of passage yeah uh, throughout the season is just to, to check into to, uh arizona for like 48 hours and then come on home i don't like the
1: two game or the four game series myself
2: yeah me either it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to keep it straight and it, I mean, it was kind of cool heading into Sunday's game because we were able to... I I saw some tweets. I was like, all right, let's go for the split today. Like, Oh, well, cool. We get a chance to not completely embarrass ourselves against the Angels uh, and lose the series. Maybe we can tie the series. And then we went ahead and didn't do that. And so we just look even worse. But, you know, when you have uh, uh, starting pitching that doesn't work very well Uh, you're probably not going to win very many games but when you have a lineup that has guys that are what like seven out of them seven seven out of the nine starters are batting over uh 130 wrc plus maybe you'll uh early 2000s bash your way into some wins and we kind of saw both uh i don't know both extremes over this weekend yeah it was the first game was fun and the rest weren't
1: (laughs) it seems like an all or nothing thing. Either we're in sync and we're just going to chase whoever's pitching out of the game or we're going to make him look like Cy Young. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, Oh, I just lost my train of thought there. And that was at three
0: thirty. Cool. Wait, uh, did we already address or is it a stupid time for me to go back and ask Mike if he wants to bitch about intra-league being a thing all the time? Because I think it's shit that is all the time, and I'm a millennial. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'll agree with that. Is, can, it, can we just like work that in, or do we need to do something else to bridge it? I'm sorry. I had to. go No. To I. No. I'm.
2: Not. Washing machine. Oh well. I was gonna say I'm not gonna edit it, but, but after you <laughs> chose, <laughs> after you chose those words, I will have to edit it. No. Please. Okay. Well, please. Just ask. go ahead. Yeah.
0: So you think it's just
2: ask the question? Just ask the question. I'm not gonna edit this actually. Oh no.
0: Alright, so, just on the note of those interleague games we play all the time, um, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember when interleague games weren't being played all the time, and it, I, I guess for fear of sounding like a curmudgeonly old man, I think it sucks. Does it suck? It seems like it's not great. Like, it's fun. I love that interleague games are played. I love that it's kind of like a regular thing. You get to see lots of different teams. Uh, I think it's kind of cool to play in lots of different ballparks. But playing them so randomly, like the Rangers opened with an interleague series, I, I, eh, not great. Like, it seems to kind of take away from some
1: of the fun. Well, as the comradeship of our group, I think I can speak for all comradeship out there. Yeah, no, it sucks. I mean I guess I was excited when interleague play first started. I was actually at the very first interleague game ever played, Rangers right, versus Giants. Yeah, Texas hosted the first one ever, right? Yep, I was there. Yeah, I was cool. there in very good seats. That was very fun. Oh, um, Willie Mays throughout the first pitch. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, I think so. Um, and but it was it was always a thing where it was going to be concentrated in a very specific Period of time, like in June, you know, yeah. a of weeks it was going
0: on, but and it being like a thing, like you kind of gear up for for a while, and then you have like, oh, it's the interleague period, and you would play all those little interleague. That wasn't, I'm not making that up, right? Like that was a thing. No, you're not.
2: And that was like that <laughs> was like five years ago. That was before, and, and it was, before the Astros and it was came like... in.
1: It was like in baseball, or excuse me, it was like in football, where they rotated out. So, okay, this year the Rangers are playing the NL West. Next year right. is the NL Central. You have to have the NL East. And, and so once every three years, you got the opportunity to see a team that you didn't ever get to see before playing in your home park. And, and yep. that was really kind of cool. But this everyday nonsense, I, I agree, it's ridiculous. And it's because of the number of teams in each league. It's 15. You know, you either have in-league play every day, or you have two teams off every day. So, this, this I, I think that the answer, be that, right? the answer yeah. is, is that they've got to expand to thirty-two teams and, and do something about this. And I think yeah. it's coming. It would, it would not surprise me at all. Um, no, hope, drop um, down to twenty-four teams. <laughs> <laughs> Consolidate make a, that. Make it twelve. Come on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I think expansion is a, is an interesting. Point. And I, I think it is sort of inevitable. I mean, for all the hand-wringing about how baseball is dying and it's not bringing folks in, baseball is still doing really well numerically. I mean, it's still bringing in lots of viewers. It's bringing in lots of tickets. People are still going to the games when they can. And I think baseball can do a much better job of uh, enabling folks to actually go to games by, say, reducing some upfront ticket prices. I mean, it's pretty discouraging when you want to try and bring a family of four to a ball game that costs you 200 bucks at least get
1: creative I, I know the the a's what was it last year they oh yes yeah. where yeah, they had it yeah. where you paid a, a monthly fee and you could go to oh, as many games yeah. as you wanted or that padres so thing where they were it, yeah. like
0: you could get you could see uh like five wins yeah yeah, yeah. so you it, so you, it you like bought it, it until they won on. five home games it was very yeah. funny that's good stuff
2: yeah. and, yeah, and the that, the orioles that, had the thing where um mm-hmm. children got in for free like that kind of
0: thing. The like, entire season? <laughs> it's not that hard to get butts to come into stadiums. There's still a lot of interest in baseball. For all the talk that it is decreasing, and yes, you can see areas where they're falling down. on. People still want to go to these games, and you can still bring folks in, and I think there is still room for expansion. But the way that the interleague series especially have gotten so... Run of the mill. Yeah, I think normal. takes it from it being kind of fun. And I guess on some level, it shouldn't be a big deal for an American league team to play a National League team. There's not that much difference other than the DH thing. Like, who cares about there being different leagues?
1: Except that baseballs always cared about that. That's, I care. That's how it's always been. And what I worry about is I care is about it. They probably look at all the numbers and they probably look and see, okay, when they have we have them played every single day. We're actually increasing attendance overall, and I bet you they are because, just right here, you know, I was at opening day, and it was about fifty percent Cubs fans. I mean, yeah, it, it, that's going to happen. So, still mad? I'm still mad that the Rangers got shafted with an
0: opening day uh, home stand against arguably the best traveled NL franchise. Like that's that's kind of rough. But we took two of three, so it's okay. Which was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And then we did it to the Astros, too, which is even more awesome. And then we didn't play any more baseball.
1: (laughs) No, we played one more game.
0: They they played one more game. It was very fun. It was very good. And then they stopped. And Ronald Guzman did not get hurt on an obvious triple. He did not pull up lame. And the Rangers starting pitching didn't look like trash. But Joey Gallo somehow did hit a bunch
1: of home runs. The thing that bothers me about Guzman is... Once a hamstring guy, always yeah. a hamstring guy, and he is young. As a hamstring guy
0: myself. Yep. Yeah. Like uh and it was so obvious. You know, he he banged that pitch. It was a, a, a nice big swing from him. And I was like, Ooh, buddy and it didn't quite go out. I was like, Okay, but yeah, it's an easy triple. Uh Calhoun went down and he looked like he was gonna get hurt on that play too. I felt I would have felt bad, but it was Cole Calhoun. Um, And then it's like, okay, but easy three, easy three for Ronald Guzman. Pump that slugging. And, oh, not good. Not good when a guy pulls up like that, going into second base. Please get better soon, Condor.
1: But at least that allowed them to bring up Willie Calhoun and make all the fans happy. Yes, they did. Uh, they've
0: announced that Willie Calhoun grew six inches and became left-handed and will be the first base.
1: Oh, no, wait. It's Patrick Wisdom
0: and he's going to be a backup. They're going to let Logan Forsythe play first base. Just Why? like we
1: all drafted it. Who, Man. Ra- raise your hand if you would want to see Gallo at first base and William in left field. Yeah. Sh- show of hands. I'm looking. Okay. It, it appears to be unanimous. <sighs> I
0: do actually, like, for once, kind of buy the Rangers crap about not wanting to put Gallo between outfield and first.
2: I was going to disagree. Let me hear it. I,
0: I, I kind of buy it in that they're like, look, let this kid get into a groove. He actually, in my opinion, is a plus outfielder. I mean, he's he's a very good athlete. He's got a phenomenal arm. That yep. one time he tried to kill Chris Martin Notwithstanding
2: Oh my gosh no You've had two awful throws I will say that the field.
0: Deadspin article That was making the runs on the internet was very stupid Because it talked about how Joey Gallo Is like barely adequate in the outfield And you shouldn't be surprised But Gallo is actually a pretty decent outfielder
2: uh, um, Hey hey hey, hey uh, Let yeah. me help you out with that one there uh, Just don't click on a single Deadspin link
0: Yeah it's a Deadspin thing Hey Deadspin yeah. has like two good sports guys I mean, I will read everything that uh, David Roth puts up about the Mets because he is a proper self-hating Mets fan. Okay, so read I will David Roth. that. But... Strong endorsement. Uh, okay, okay, so it's a guy. Deadspin has David Roth. Uh, anyway, but it was a very stupid article and it got linked a lot. Um, yeah, I, I saw somebody on Twitter talking about how their backup left fielder in their softball league. Could make a better throw than that, and I would love to find the guy who's a backup left fielder in a softball league who throws 96. That would be really <laughs> interesting because you play in a very cool softball league, and I would like to join. And by like to join, I mean I would never like to join. That sounds terrible.
2: That would, Yeah. Chris
0: so, – Yeah, <laughs> he almost killed Chris Martin. Chris Martin almost like died, and watching all was... of, like, 17-foot-tall Chris Martin hit the deck there was very funny to me. It was really good. Oh. Um. But to give the Rangers some credit, I I do actually a little bit buy that multi-positional thing. Some guys can clearly play position to position. It doesn't bother them. And that's great. And you want that kind of utility now, and they're really pushing more and more guys to play that style. But if for some reason you think Joey Gallo is going to be better off when he plays the same position every day, when he's going to go out there, he's going to be a left fielder, I I can buy why you wouldn't want to shuttle him between left and first, where you're making him do totally different routines in infield warm-up and in pregame warm-ups and you know whatever it is going to be if you think that's
1: true yeah okay keep him in left if, field. if that's the case then would it be so bad to trot out willie calhoun as first base yes no you think yes. so yes i know he's i know ten, the wrong, that ron washington said it's a very hard position for he's her, like but
2: five five he got yeah. kicked out of the easiest and he's right-handed position on the field. <laughs> yeah, it would be yeah. pretty bad.
0: Yeah. I thought about it this morning too, I woke up and I was like, I mean I mean how bad could it be? And the answer is quite, but eh. I the one I would prefer them to do is say, Okay, Shinzuchu, get on out there,
1: buddy. <laughs> Something I mean, come on. Again, we're we're in rebuilding. It's time to see the future. It's time to see if they're going to be a viable option. Oh hell! Let Maybe me you put him at first base. First. Maybe you put Willie at first to say we don't give a damn how your fielding is. Make seven errors well, a game. But that's we want the, I think you that's at the like major Dallas. league level.
2: That's the completely opposite of what they've done the last two years with him. They said yeah. we don't care how well you hit. We want you to be a complete player. Go play left field and get better.
0: And it might break his brain to put him at first base and have him like Brad Snyder his way into seventeen errors a game. Like that might actually be really deleterious so put nomar at first he can't get worse with the bat (laughs) man that
2: really hurt to
1: say out loud you might have a point okay but i hurt my soul
2: yeah i mean that's like the common thing is like we want to just we want to let joey continue with his success at the plate and i mean and okay caveat put your disclaimer ears on um not a professional ball player, not a professional coach, not a semi-professional ball player, nothing at all. Um, but a professional podcaster. I'm a. I am a amateur semi-professional pod- podcaster. Semi, we. This is episode fifty-five, which is. I'm gonna Venmo good.
0: you a dollar. Semi-professional.
2: Yeah. Okay. So. I I get like Joey Gallo is is doing great, and I want to see him continue to. to... Is he ever? To, to To continue to play well, and and I believe in him, and I think that this is you know part of his maturation, his evolution, and of his of his game, and and I'm really excited about the changes that he's made so far. His walk weight walk rate is through the roof. Walk uh, weight. Walk weight. He is. Uh, you know, hitting home runs. He's he's hitting extra base hits. He's doing. One great. of the he's best players in baseball. Yes, yes. So he's doing everything he's like that you dream you would do. Top twelve hitter or so. And obviously, if you whatever you can do to maintain that, you will do that. That is precious. But he's a guy who played infield in the minor leagues for five years ish, right? Four years. Um, tell him, tell him, hey, when you're hitting. Just pretend like you just put your outfielding glove down on the bench, and then go keep hitting home runs and taking walks. And then when you go back to the dugout after you, you know, touch all four, instead of picking up your outfielding glove, just pick up a first baseman's mitt and like just catch the ball when the infielders throw it at you. And then a month from now, you know, you'll have 20 home runs and. Willie Calhoun will have gotten to play instead of Logan Forsyth. And and is that like that's obviously, I guess, a simpleton fan point of view, I guess, right? But why why can't he just like scoop ball scoop three balls out of the dirt a day instead of, air mail, instead of airmail instead of airmailing cutoff men and just keep hitting home runs? Like why 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 are these two affected? I don't know. My
1: concern is that I mean we all know that baseball players aren't the smartest people in the world. What? Yes, believe it or not, they are not, but you'd expect them to be smart enough to be able to switch a position and not have it affect them at the plate. That, that, to me, I, I just I don't understand, especially if there's no pressure on you at the new position.
0: Well, there's so much particularity that has to go into hitting and being prepared to hit. Like We, we always read about the littlest things getting in the way of a guy being able to go out there and produce every day. So I have to imagine switching positions matters. I mean, I like at the job I work. There's you know three teams, and we all kind of contribute to the same thing, but we all work in really, really different aspects. And asking any one of us to do the other jobs, which we do have to do on uh, at times, given our on-call schedule, completely screws with my ability. I know to pick up and do a good job, not just on whatever my new assignment is, but on my ongoing assignments. So I have to change my whole like. Approach to a problem. I don't know that that's the exact same situation in baseball. This would be a great opportunity for us to bring on another player and ask them what they think. But I do have to imagine preparing to play first base or left field is at least going to get in the way of that rhythm of that day-to-day preparation. And that you know, that may have a deleterious... Advantage. And we're certainly told that, at least.
1: And I, and I just don't know if that's, that's fair. Because... Yes. Yeah. To use a, a football analogy the cornerback position. They, they say the only way to be a good cornerback is to have a really bad short-term memory. Yeah, forget every play. Because you, I mean, you can get torched. You have to go back out there and, and go and face that same guy the very next play. And you got to put it out of your mind. And I don't understand why a professional athlete who makes ungodly amounts of money can't do that, that same thing. Well, yeah. You- the cornerback analogy
0: is good, but it, it would be better to say having a guy go out there and play a boundary corner position than next game, asking him to play money. Like they're different positions. It's it's a different approach to the game. And even if at the end of the day, a money back and a nickel back and a field or boundary corner are all primarily well, a money might be more of a run blocker, but most of them are going to be primarily pass defense defensive backs asking a guy to prepare to be a field versus a boundary versus a nickel versus a money versus a star, whatever it is, it's a different preparation to the game. And so you might get a different result, even if the player could, in theory, play both those positions equally well. And I think that's true for baseball to some extent. Now, you definitely see I'm more on the defensive side. Joey Gallo or anybody transition from being an outfielder to a first baseman is obviously rough on the defensive side, which none of us are arguing about. I think that might translate a little bit to the offensive side as well, just because you're having to think about some slightly different things. You are getting out of that sort of day-to-day comfort and routine. A first baseman has to be a lot more in tune with the defensive scouting reports because they have to know shifts, for example. They have to know where they're positioning on the infield. They have to know different signals about where they're going around. They're paying more attention to their catcher that day for like, hey, what are your signals for back picks? Like, what are we doing in terms of pitch outs? That's just more preparation than a left fielder who basically doesn't know nothing other than follow the signals that get barked in for how the outfield shifts play-to-play. And
1: they're only going to do that for a couple of guys a game. But if that's the case, why does uh, a super-utility infielder guy like Isaiah Cameron-Falefa, why does he flourish doing that? Well, they've only asked Ike to play catcher this year. I think on purpose. I think they wanted to focus on catching. I know that. But last year, he didn't take, oh, today I'm playing... Third base, oh, okay, well my batting average is gonna dip because I'm I'm thinking mm-hmm. too much. He he puts it behind him and I'm sort of seeing why a professional athlete can't put that kind of stuff behind them when they're at the plate. I it think seems so. like That's kind of the they're, individuals too. They're completely different mindsets. I mean when you're when you're yeah. in the hitters mindset, you're in the hitters mindset no matter what you're doing defensively. Or at least I think they should be
0: maybe there's something to be said for not wanting to jerk and this sounds kind of cruel, but I think the Rangers see Joey Gallo internally as a different type of player from Isaiah Contreras and yeah. more of the Rangers franchise success hinges on Joey Gallo turning into that like 140 wrc plus kind of bat and less hinges on Isaiah Contreras and you know maybe Texas is looking to like a Chris Bryant situation. Who lit the league up, and then you know was asked to kind of go into a bunch of different positions, and hasn't always kind of made that work. And maybe they want to just sort of focus on his on his bat, and they'll you know make the rest of it work. Um, I don't know. I I think there is people do talk about this this mindset. So there are some guys who are equipped mentally to to do that multi-positional thing to to bounce around. We see, I think, more in the negative with we talk about a guy like Jerkson Profer, for example, who a lot of articles are written about who he didn't handle that transition very well. And maybe what that really means is that there's a few guys like an IKF, like a Ben Zobrist, who are particularly good at just saying, what do you want me today, coach? Second base? No problem. I'm going to swap out my glove. I got that. Maybe that's not so much a thing that most players have and move away from it's a thing that only really a few players can do i'm interested in finding out why that's the case you know as an outsider it doesn't seem to me like it would be that hard to go first base left field sure man that doesn't seem to it's baseball
2: right. but and, and, clearly and even though those are, and even those are even though those are two different positions and it's very conceivable to be good at one and bad at the other it would also be conceivable to just keep hitting dingers no matter you know, what number is next to your name in the lineup card? I don't know. It's I guess it's similar to, I guess, like your batting order. Some guys don't yeah. do well in the cleanup spot. It doesn't make any there's, sense. There's some, yeah, because there's some kind of, like, expectation that gets put on on them. Uh, I guess traditionally, right, There, like there is baggage with the cleanup spot. But I think that's why, um, you know, certain players can't hit fourth and they hit fifth or third or something like that. I don't know. Which doesn't make,
0: it doesn't make a single lick of sense no. that batting order would matter. And, and yet players and yet. have been telling us for <laughs> decades man, I can't hit second. And it's like, wh- why, why does it matter, dude? You just go and you hit. like it. You're just hitting. After the first inning, batting order doesn't matter. It just kind of right. comes up when it comes up. And yet player after player for decades have said well, I, I, I can't do it. I can't hit third. Which is yeah. silly, but it's a silly game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, um well so we had um Bubba Thompson on in the off season, um about what, two months ago at this point, maybe a month and a half. And uh so hopefully that won't be our last player interview this season and um if it's a position player, we should definitely ask. Like this is 'cause it's this, this is something that's it's to to somewhat reasonable good baseball fans. Like, we can understand the argument, you know, as to, like, why we would be wrong or why our perception isn't accurate. But at the same time, it's like, but is it, but how? Why? You know, we don't understand the why, why um, it is the way it is. Um, and one other thing I was going to add about this situation in particular is it's a little frustrating to, and, like, and also, like, and I'm, I'm on public record that I don't think, uh, Calhoun is going to be like the best guy ever, the best hitter uh, ever. I mean, and, and and the way that I kind of put that is that I think that if he was in a, in a loaded system where, or at least in a, a system that had any kind of bats in the upper minors, then we wouldn't really be as excited or as clamoring for Calhoun to hit as kind of the Rangers fan base collectively is. Um, he's kind of just like, he's our only hitter in the upper minors, so we really want him to be really good. And we really want him to get playing time so that he can then be really good, um, but since since uh, what do you say it was a, a grade two strain of of Guzzi's hamstring, mm-hmm. like, and so that's probably going to be out for about a month. That's how many games? I mean, <coughs> uh, twenty five games, probably something like that. And so that's somewhat extended time off. Let's say that Guzzi goes on a rehab stint for a week, for five days or something like that. We're talking about twenty five to thirty games that. That's you're giving to a mashup of Logan Forsyth and Patrick Wisdom who like might be okay and might be an okay stopgap on a bad team but gosh it would be sure nice to give those 25 at-bats let's say 25 at-bat or 25 games times three and a half at-bats per game or something like that we're talking about 100 at-bats yeah, you know time. let's it'd be really nice to give those 100 at-bats to Willie rather than to Logan Forsyth you know, yeah, like or just if, some if, combination
0: if, of Patrick Wisdom and Danny Santana, and yeah, like you know, like if Andy if, 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 yeah,
2: if Guzman had had um, I don't know, got a concussion for example, and was only going to be out for a week or two,
0: which maybe you should be out for longer with a concussion, but that's a different argument. Uh, okay, yeah,
2: yeah, that's, <laughs> I, that's the first thing that came to my came to my mind. That was like a you don't need to like.
0: I don't know. Yeah, sprained a thumb or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Something where it's like he's going to go to the to the I, IL the IL. injured list. Yes. Um still see it's really weird to read that. Like it just doesn't the headline is working
0: for me. Yeah, but I'm getting there.
2: Yeah, the headline just doesn't look right. Um he's going to Illinois. Why? Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> um, no. <laughs> like, um but yeah, so you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Gallo will probably continue to be really good because he is uh, our favorite and he will win MVP someday. And we'll say, you know what, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we probably aren't going to the playoffs anyways, except for the fact that we're winning the World Series and I will be in the parade and it's going to be great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this simply boils down to the Rangers are looking at what Joey Gallo is doing this season and they're saying, let's not change a single damn thing because he has been one of the 10 to 15 best hitters in the league so far. I it's obviously a small sample. It's just 10 games. But through those 10 games, he's batting .254 447 714 um, which is uh, how do you say this? really good. It's insanely good. Actually good. Yeah, he's got a 221 wrc plus. So a few of you listeners out there m- might be familiar with Christian Yelich. Um one of the hottest hitters on the planet. He won the MVP award in the National League last year. Christian Yelich is a very, very good hitter. He's off to an incredible start to the season. Christian Yelich is doing bonkers things. Christian Yelich is a 220 WRC plus hitter this season. One point worse than Joey Gala. Walks matter. Yeah. Christian Yelich yeah. has like 17,000 home runs and has won a bunch of games and is an MVP defender. And he is just a, a hair's breadth worse than Joey Gallo this season. Super good start. Really fun. Gallo has 10 walks, which is second in the American League, uh, but only because Mike Trout has the cheat code of getting to face Rangers starting pitching. Um, so 10 yeah, walks, yeah. 10 <laughs> strikeouts. That's a natural transition into, oh my good lord, the Rangers starting pitching is really bad non-Mike Minor division.
2: I'll, I will... Okay, I, I will amend that for a brief moment and say Lance Lynn pretty decent and all right and acceptable.
0: Yeah, Lance Lynn is doing what we wanted him to do. Lance yes. Lynn is going to be a, a high threes FIP pitcher who you hope pitches similar to his FIP maybe a little over. If you're lucky, a little under. He's a guy who's going to post a, maybe a high threes ERA if you're lucky again, a mid threes. He's a fine pitcher,
1: a and,
2: fine
0: guy to have on a team. Yeah. Uh,
2: and the, the most important thing that you want him to give you is going to be innings, which he's done okay at okay sort of. Yeah. Um, which, well, but he's
0: gotten twelve and two thirds innings in his two starts. So yeah. yeah so nice. he's that's gotten. Fun. Yeah. He's averaging yeah. In, into the seventh
2: down. So yeah, so um, we had a we kind of discussed a, a funburst segment before we started recording, um, and so and 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 for this, so we'll put on your your memory caps here. Um, think about the it's been what ten games? Yeah, we're five and five. Yeah, ten so, games. So so we've had five starting pitcher appearances, and um, we've had a seven inning shutout or seven seven scoreless innings from Mike Miner. Um, some pretty decent ones from Lance Land, uh yada yada yada. Uh the what would the average innings pitch per start be? We will put the over under listener at four point one or, or sorry, four and a third, right? Um so think to yourself for a second. Over under four and a third. Max, what's the answer?
0: Well <clears throat> Mr Hayden. The Rangers starters have combined for 44 innings on this season. 44 innings. So simple math 44 divided by 10 is 4.4. 4. Uh, baseball is stupid and doesn't know what points are. So 0. 0.4 is a little bit higher, though, than 0. 0.333. So they are doing just a hair's breadth better than four and a third innings. Mike, is that good? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Well, <laughs> All right. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Mike, how would uh, what, what would you describe that as instead of good? Atrocious. Okay. Yeah. That, so the Rangers, the Rangers, oh, the Rangers are benefiting in, enormously from their top two pitchers. Uh, again, Mike Miner and Lance mm-hmm. Lynn. Miner's averaging. Uh, yeah. you know, he went eleven and two thirds innings. So. Just under six innings a start, and Lance right. Lynn at twelve and two thirds, just over six innings per start. Um, yeah, the rest of them are pretty bad. Shelby Miller went two innings. Did he load the bases in the third, or just put um, two on today? He put at least two on, and they were like, "Come on, boy, okay, sit down." You're, yeah, you're, you're yeah, good.
2: I believe it. I believe it was two. I don't know.
0: I still believe in Drew Smiley. I think he's still got it in him, but it's not looked good to start the season. Drew Smiley has walked five and struck at only six. Shelby Miller has also walked five and has struck at only two. Um, Our dearly departed Edinson Volquez managed to strike out six, so as good as Drew Smiley, but walked eight, which is not so great. Mm -hmm. Volquez also has an elbow strain, which, as was discussed, I, I think fairly broadly earlier, Should he be referred for Tommy John surgery, he will retire, which, um, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, None of us were expecting very much out of Edison Volquez. I think we talked about him being the the least interesting of our project pitchers this season. But, you know, none of us wanted the guy to get hurt. And it definitely sucks to make two starts and go down and potentially never play baseball again. Especially to have two such bad starts. So...
2: I, yeah and, it, it, well, and especially okay, because but... you know and, and he's had a long career and, and mm-hmm. it's nothing to sneeze at he won a world series he posted that yeah he talked you know, about how
0: he would want to go ahead and spend time with his daughters and that if yeah. he has to walk away he's okay you know, he, he, he doesn't regret anything but right man. It,
2: it hurts especially because well he was under contract last year mm-hmm. with the rangers literally just so that he could rehab with us spent and all so that like, time he, working on he, his elbow right so you have you have over a year's worth of comeback mentality right and you get seven let's see how many innings. seven and two-thirds innings into your into your your 30 age 35 season you know let's see if we can string a few more of these together you know i love baseball and pitching is fun and i'm still you know kind of okay at it and then it just kind of blows up in your face and you know that that really stinks
1: yeah okay but i'll play devil's advocate (laughs) okay one man's trash is another man's treasure. So what do you think Palumbo and Hearn and Burke, what do you think these guys are are, are thinking as they're seeing this stuff happening at the Major League level? I think yeah. they're all pitching for their baseball lives, and I think this is this is very healthy competition for those guys. You're going to see some of these guys coming up later on. If our reclamation projects, either they flame out a of Volquez or they do well. Let's say that Miner shows us the same thing he showed us in 2018. Then they'll get traded at the deadline, and we'll be ready to start looking at the future of the Rangers. That's what I'm excited about. This this current pitching rotation means nothing to me other than, I hope they do well so we can get good draft picks in return for them.
0: Yeah, I hope none of them are looking at Edinson and Volquez getting hurt and being like, yeah! What's up? Edinson Volquez is hurt in April, but you gotta imagine Taylor Hearn is looking at uh, three ERAs north of seven, and mm-hmm. like, yep. what's that? <laughs> That's yep. a, so. I mean, the FIPs. The Rangers have two FIPs. FIPs, Fielding Independent Pitching. It's basically rated to ERA, and it's uh, pitching stats while trying to uh, to eliminate defense. So it's strikeouts, walks, home runs, that kind of thing. Lance Lynn, Mike Minor both have sub-4s, actually have sub-3.7 FIPs. Uh, Lynn 3.66, minor 3.63. Those are both pretty good. Um, you kind of hope that they sit around that the rest of the season. And then Volk, Smiley, and Miller are both north of seven, which is...
2: Yeah, um, completely untenable.
0: Yeah, really bad. Yeah. So yeah, and, and and given the starts of those minor league start, uh, pitchers... Yeah. Uh, oh, Levi Bieber had a phenomenal article on The Athletic about it, it We're just kind of put all the stats together. I know we mm-hmm. talked about it in our, our group chat, but you know, opening day for the Rangers minor league affiliates was super, super, super duper good. And that's the exact kind of thing that you're hoping continues. So yep. opening day, yep. um, Taylor went five innings, four runs, six hits. Uh, he had zero walks, struck at nine. Brock Burke. Again, the, the Stead return in the and proffer trade, also in five innings, also had six hits, but uh, with no walks. One unearned run, struck out four. Tyler Phillips had a phenomenal season last year, the Hickory Crawdads, where he basically didn't walk anybody and struck out everybody. Uh, he went five innings as well. One hit, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts. And then Hans Kraus, our beloved Hans Kraus. Uh, went two and two thirds innings. Don't worry, not an injury. He came up on his pitch count. They didn't want him going more than 50. Um, he came up on his pitch count, two and two thirds innings, uh, one hit, unearned run, no walks, two strikeouts. So, uh, quick math 17 and two thirds innings on opening day, 19 strikeouts, zero walks. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Taylor Hearn, Brock Burke, Tyler Phillips, Hans Krause, all four of those are guys who. Are likely starting pitchers for the Texas Rangers at some point in the next three seasons. <whistles> Seventeen and two thirds, nineteen strikeouts, zero walks. Oh, and add Palumbo to the mix because he had then, a very nice outing today. Yes, he did. Joe Palumbo went out there today. He did quite well. Um, this is what what we're just we're hoping to see. You know, we're we wanting to see these guys go out there and and put up their numbers, get their strikeouts minimize the walks if you give up runs who cares minor league defenses or minor league defenses you know just make it work um yeah, hmm.
2: yeah. i would say yeah and we, we talked about this just briefly kind of to wrap this thing up here um you know taylor hearn um obviously in triple a the the highest in terms of uh kind of premier pitching prospects uh closest to arlington um you know, in an ideal world, he probably won't be up until June or so. Mm-hmm. But if injuries and or um, you know complete ineffectiveness happens Suckiness. to yeah happens <laughs> to I mean if this if this Blood. goes on for another two weeks two three weeks like I mean you, yeah. you can't you you like there has to be a change and we only have if May one Adrian Sampson
0: Shelby Miller and yeah. You so know, Drew Smiley sitting on seven ERAs. They're they're gonna they're gonna pull the plug.
2: Yeah, and so like a la Tyson Ross or something like that. Right. So just not
1: as not as fast as you want them to. Remember a man named Matt Moore last year? No, oh not. boy, never heard of. him when did he? They actually pull the plug on him being a starter. I'm guessing it was like the third week of May, fourth. Man, yeah, I, I think he Matt got Moore. around
2: nine starts. I watched yeah.
1: the Titans game the
0: other day, and Matt Moore's in the uh, uh, just sitting there. I saw Matt Moore's face, and uh, it was it, uncomfortable. In the game, <laughs> I got upset. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I had. this I was like. Who is that? I hate that man. Who is that? I'm so mad. Who is this face? I'm. S- <gasps> it's Mad Moore. I was really upset for <laughs> a while. But yeah. Let's see. Uh,
2: yeah, he got, for the record, he did get 12 starts for the Rangers Yeah. Year. Yeah. yeah.
0: I would rather, I, uh, Adrian Sampson is going to be better. 100%. He's going to be a better yeah. pitcher.
2: Hey, Adrian Sampson narrowly missed. Come on missed. the pod first come on the pod second uh you narrowly missed uh, actually good this week to one of the best hitters in all of baseball joey gallo oh, um yeah. number three come on the pod come on the pod all right adrian uh, samson get-
0: uh legitimately excellent so far his fip sucks but his era is sub two he's pitched nine and two-thirds innings of oh my goodness save my butt and it's been it's been <laughs> fine
2: it's been necessary yeah thank you adrian it's been too necessary, but I, I
0: hope he keeps doing it, and I hope he keeps being fun. Uh, flip side, Jesse Chavez. Oh, Lord. All right, that's, a, that, that, that's it for this yeah, week's episode of Joey yeah, <laughs> 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 Gallo was actually good. but bye everybody. We'll see you next week. Now, uh, minor league baseball, go watch it. Joe Palumbo had like eight strikeouts in less than five innings. He looks good. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, go watch Frisco. They're actually fun. Uh, get MILB TV it costs like 15 bucks and you get to watch all the minor league teams that don't suck Liddy Tavares is hitting the cover off the ball to start the season I hope he continues yep Chris Seiss Chris Seiss looks super good for yep. Hickory um, if you're a minor league guy you probably follow Tepid Participation or, or Kevin Carter on Twitter both of them are very high and Chris Seiss both of them having a lot of fun so minor leaguers are good big leaguers not enjoy Gallo are probably bad uh yeah. Hold Go Rangers. Go Rangers. Go Rangers. <laughs>